0: Barbecues are passion, and that's just what you'll get. Where the can Burns is a Where Tales from the Pits.
1: Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits.
0: This is Brian. And Andrew. And here we are. Here we are in a hotel room in Chicago. Chicago, it's my going to We've just finished up a three-day festival, um, Windy City Smokeout 2019, first time it was held at the United Center parking lot. Um, We were invited by Patrick and Aaron, uh, Fiji's Barbecue, to come help them at the festival and it's one of the things that Brian and I both really enjoy doing. It gives us an opportunity to learn. Cooking large quantities of food for a very large crowd is something that takes a whole lot of planning and a whole lot of people to pull off and it's it's one of the fascinating things for us to watch how that's done.
1: I mean it's, a, it's amazing to people roll in there obviously um, you know everybody rolls in with their pits and they've got <clears throat> this festival helps provide some of the uh, uh, storage you know cold and hot storage but to be able to watch kind of that end-to-end process of prepping the meats cooking the meats being able to try to cook them so that you're not falling behind. I mean, we had some, some problems with that during the, during the run where we would run out of food, um, while we were because we just couldn't keep up, uh, you know, amazing, amazing amount of logistics there.
0: Yeah. And um, let's, let's touch on that real quick too. Um, it's hard to predict what people are going to order each, (laughs) each booth (laughs) serves.
1: So so we're going down that we're going to go down that road a little bit. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Each, each vendor served three different dishes um, and what Fiji's barbecue was serving was a uh, pork rib with an al pastor sauce. They were doing Korean pork steak tacos with a marinated cucumber carrot slaw, and elotes—just straight elotes, corn on the cob, slathered in mayo, um, cotija cheese, spices. And you know it was—it was a pretty you know straightforward elote. Apparently, Chicago loves corn
1: well you know we're kind of in the corn belt I think up here anyway so um, it was also you know for better or worse it was very instagrammable Um, I in the couple of times that we got to sneak out and run around I saw lots of people with their cameras taking pictures of the corn
0: (laughs) yes there there were many corn selfies taken at this festival and coincidentally the the booth to the right of us if you're facing the festival grounds was truth barbecue and they were also serving elotes and it was just as popular at their booth as it was at ours and so that would, became kind of the running joke of the weekend was you know leonard and patrick are just going to stop doing barbecue and they're opening up a corn restaurant and they're just going to serve years of corn
1: yeah i mean it it was um and it sounds like that's something fairly easy to make but surprisingly again when you're doing that kind of volume you know you're trying to balance cooking the the meats and the corn and you can't put them next to each other when you have raw meat So trying to get the right amount of pit space, um, get the timing so that you're pulling them all so that they're not dried out, but yet they're ready to go. Is Well, and just early on,
0: especially on the first day, we had no idea it was going to get as ordered as it did. We, the festival kind of gives you a guideline of how much of each dish you should make. And we of course made at least that much or more than that the first day, but it was just being ordered so much that we just kept in the throw more corn on and cook it and get it ready to serve. You know, we we're you know cook it, pull it off, shuck it, and then get ready to serve. And so it was just a constant process. But it was, it it was pretty humorous watching people you know losing their minds over some corn. <laughs> well,
1: especially when we ran out. So I mean, just like many festivals, you're going to run out of food at the end of the day. Um, it's just a matter of when you run out, and you're trying to time it so that you don't have food at nine o'clock at night because this is a very long festival. It's three full days, goes into the evenings. But w- when we ran out, literally there were there were. Groans from the audience when they <laughs> put the sold up sign on the corn.
0: Right, and we'd have to tell people, oh, we'll have another batch ready in fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. And so the, the volunteers, which by the way, we had some amazing volunteers that were at our booths. Each each vendor got volunteers assigned to them each day, and we had just some some great volunteers that really busted their butts and and helped out the Fiji's booth. But the vendors were, you know, coming back to us and asking, you know, all of us back there by the pits, you know, how much longer? And then we'd hear from, you know, yelling in the crowd, at 7.40, <laughs> we'll have more corn. So I mean, we had a deadline we had to meet on this corn. Yeah. But, I mean, it was ju- just one of the many things that we're going to remember about this festival. Let's let's run down a list of the barbecue joints that are at this festival. I mean, it's a pretty amazing lineup of barbecue that they have here.
1: Yeah, there were there are 21 joints there. Um, and a couple of them like, uh, Bub city actually had a second, second area where they had a second booth. Um, Wagyu mafia was there. We'll, we'll hit on them in a minute, but, uh, let's kind of go down and and get some of the, the food that they had as well.
0: Yeah, it was again, a star studded lineup. We were thrilled to be a tiny part of this. Um, 17th street barbecue, very well known. Mike, Mike Mills, Amy Mills, um, from Murfreesboro, Illinois, they were there. Uh, against the Grain uh, from Louisville, Kentucky was there. Uh, Blue Oak Barbecue.
1: Out of New Orleans. Out of New Orleans. Yep. They,
0: they were there. Brian's been there before. I've yet to make it there. I need to. They had uh, a
1: really interesting dish, um, which was a crackling pork belly. So that, it, was really, that was really yeah. good. That was addictive. I could not yeah, eat a whole wasn't, It wasn't those. the skins. It was actually the pork belly, but it was done crackling style. So they were uh, flash fried, and then they had the, the seasoning on the outside. Yeah, they were really good. Really good. I the um, gumbo was good there, too. Yeah, the, so,
0: yeah, yeah, we didn't get to eat at every single booth, but we did get to eat a good amount of food, uh, or at least sample a good amount of food throughout the weekend. Um, I aforementioned Bub City from Chicago. They were they had a booth there and, and, and a booth by the stage. Um, Buxton Hall, Elliott Moss, uh, they had smoked chicken, smoked pork tenderloin, and sadly, that is probably the biggest regret I have. We did not get to eat well, Buxton Hall this weekend. No. Um, I just,
1: and we, we saw we saw Elliot several times. We just didn't get a chance to walk over and yeah, eat the food. Yeah, you know?
0: We we just didn't have, you know, didn't make time or didn't find time to do it. Obviously, we talked about Fijis, um, our friends Fox Brothers Barbecue. Uh, Jonathan, and Justin, just putting out such creative and and not just creative, but very good food. Like right. it's so easy to. Well, I won't say it's easy. A lot of people like to be creative, but does the food taste good? Some sometimes I feel like it's lost in the. Drive to be creative. The Fox Brothers never lose that. Uh, they did a Hatch Chili Bologna sandwich,
1: that had uh, that had both cheese and uh, uh, Fritos on it so yep. in the sandwich, which made it a really good uh, little composed item. Um, they also had a hot chicken wing sausage.
0: Yes, yeah, the buffalo chicken sausage was really good. One of the things that we both really liked about that is they served it. Um, they served it like kind of like a wrap on a slice of bread, but with uh, some. Pickled celery, which I thought was really unique, um, and and lent a really nice acidic crunch to you know to eating it as a wrap. I really enjoyed yeah. that a lot. Pickled
1: celery may no longer be an afterthought.
0: That's right. It might not. We may have to make some more of that. Yes. Um, but no, it was it was really good. The Fox Brothers knocked it out of the park, as always. These guys know how how to bring it at these events, and and at their restaurant, it's it's one of those must stops for me now. Every time I go to Atlanta, um, Home Team Barbecue was also there from Charleston.
1: Yep, great guys there as well. They did uh, some fried ribs. That's another thing we didn't
0: get to we, we try. I know, yeah. I know, I'm, I'm looking at this list, I'm like, dang it. Yeah, I mean, we, just, we couldn't try them all, we just didn't, we were working. Yeah, but, uh,
1: we'll talk more about that in a little bit, like how much time we spent. But yeah, sure. they, so we didn't get to just walk around and enjoy the food, that's that's another one we missed out. Yep. Um, next up though, we did get to get some of this, which was Hoodoo Brown.
0: Yes, we did get to try Hoodoo Brown. Um, obviously, you, you heard Cody on our Pitmaster Roundtable episode from Red Dirt. Uh, we had a great time hanging out with him and glad we got to see him and the Hoodoo crew and Nick uh, from Hoodoo as well. And the whole crew, they did uh, pork belly burn ends that we got to try and also a Texas poutine. Yeah,
1: that Texas poutine was really good. Uh, you know, the gravy was uh, a very rich gravy. It had RC Cola sauce in it as well. Um, and they were cooking on the Corkscrew pit, so the great folks, Will and Nicole at Corkscrew, lent their 1,000-gallon Moberg, and it got hauled all the way up here for the event.
0: Yeah, so yeah, definitely shout-out to Will and Nicole. That was great. Hoodoo's got a 1,000-gallon Moberg that's being built probably as we speak, um, so they're going to be part of the Moberg family as well here pretty soon. Um, then we go back to Texas for our next one, and they were the booth to the left of us it was it was a pretty fun little corner we had there and this is uh Leroy and Lewis barbecue so yeah, we
1: we were in a sandwich between uh Leroy and Lewis and Truth
0: yeah uh, that's that's a pretty good <laughs> sandwich to be there and then in the middle you have Fiji's barbecue i mean that's that that's the some great texas representation right there and uh, Evan and the crew uh, Sawyer and Brad that they just they crush everything they do. They had a jerk chicken taco, um, some sambal cucumbers, a barbacoa taco.
1: Yeah, the jerk chicken they were finishing on live fire.
0: Yep. Next up, we have Lily's Q from Chicago, Illinois. Um, they were at the festival. There were a few, you know, a couple of Chicago barbecue joints at the festival, um, and then one that we'd been we've been wanting to go to for a long time, and we we got to sample yeah, the brisket. And now we want to go even more. Yes, <laughs> Little Miss Barbecue in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, was there. We were really excited when we saw them on the the list of vendors because uh, it's again a place that we've really been wanting to get to, and th- they did not disappoint. The brisket was perfectly cooked. Really, really enjoyed that brisket.
1: And they did a a, a very uh, well received green chili barbecue burrito as well.
0: Yeah, we didn't get to try it, but every single person yeah. that did was telling us how amazing it was. So unfortunately, we didn't get to try that, but it was uh, the brisket was really good. It makes me want to go there even more, like you said.
1: Next up, uh, we had a, a little taste of home as well, Louis Miller Barbecue in Taylor, Texas, and guess what, Wayne brought
0: um, turkey sandwiches.
1: He did not. He brought his uh, beef ribs, ah, and uh, we got is. we got to get uh, a sample of that out of our friends from the Smoke Sheet.
0: Yeah, uh, shout out to uh, Sean and to Ryan. Really appreciate you guys hooking us up with a bite of some uh, Louis Miller beef rib. We're never going to turn down a bite of Louis Miller beef rib. No. You know, got to got to chat with Wayne for a few minutes so it was great to you catch up with Wayne Miller you know, Louie Miller is if anyone knows how to do a barbecue festival it's it's Wayne Miller at this point he's done them all and and he does them well yep. and next up we have a competition legend yep. uh, Myron Mixon who is he had a special setup at the festival um, it was called the barbecue barn where you I think you had to like reserve your time there, like make a reservation. Yeah, you
1: I don't there. know if you had to reserve it far ahead of time. but Right, that was reservation only. Sit down. It's kind of a restaurant within a festival. Right, it's which we of course did
0: not have time to do. But, <laughs> but, but that's okay. I mean, can't can't hit them all. Um, next up, we had Pappy Smokehouse from St. Louis, Missouri. They were doing some whole hog. Yep.
1: There's uh, some. Uh, I've got a good picture of them. We'll we'll show later with the uh, the whole hog they were cooking.
0: Yep. Kerry uh, Bringle, a peg leg porker from Nashville, Tennessee, was there. Um, they were doing some cheesy grits, and pulled pork, uh, smoked chickens.
1: And another one from our home state, Salt Lake.
0: Yep, Salt Lake was there. Um, brisket, ribs, and slaw, I believe, is what they were serving. We're directly across from them. And Salt Lake's got name recognition. I mean, if. If you're not from Texas and you've only heard of a couple of barbecue joints, there's a pretty good chance that Salt Lake is one of them. So a lot of them, I and they had a huge crowd for majority of the festival. Mm-hmm. Um, next up is someone we know pretty well at this point, Mr. Sam Jones. Uh, Sam Jones Barbecue was there with Michael Letchworth and his whole crew um, doing whole hog, slaw, and turkey.
1: And his rig, uh, you know, I have to say, he had he had eight smokers, eight whole hog smokers on a flatbed trailer that they pulled in for this event.
0: Yeah, and, and he had, shout out to our, our buddy, Scotty, from Minnesota. Uh, Scotty brought his BQ grill up to, and Len lent it to Buxton Hall, and then Scotty also cooked with Sam. So that's, a, I'm sure that was a huge thrill for him, and a great learning experience for him to get to work with some of the some of the best. And Sam's hog, we had, we had it in a sandwich, and we had it out of a boat. We were able to get two different samples of Sam's hog. And oh, yeah. It's, it's, it, was, it, it was as good as we remember. Yeah. it.
1: It's so simple, and it's, and it's not this, like, heavy smoke flavor. It's not, you know, there's not bark like a brisket. There's not a lot of seasoning. Like, it's not just covered in it's pepper and salt. just really good. But it just works so well. And, and you have to get it with the sauce. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the sauce yeah. elevates it. It Absolutely. really does.
0: And, and I really do feel that way about every hog I've had to date. I just think of vinegary sauce really works well with it. doesn't matter whether you're cooking a commodity hog or a red wattle or any sort of heritage breed. I just think it, it really complements the meat well. Okay. Uh, next up was Smoke Barbecue from Chicago, Illinois. Um, yep. Another hometown place that's been getting some some pretty good acclaim lately. Um, yeah,
1: I was able to eat them up here when I was in uh, January of this yeah. year came up and ate them. Yeah,
0: Brian, Brian was there earlier. And uh, Brian also did get another stop in. He got in a day earlier than I did. He went to Green Street, smoked meats, um, which was not at the festival, but he got to go to the restaurant.
1: Yeah, really interesting. They've got an oiler inside the restaurant um, and they do meats by the half pound and you can order less, but they don't have, they don't have plates. And so yeah. it was really interesting to see that in another state um, and curious how well that, that people are adapting to that. Because I know even in Texas, some restaurants are struggling as people don't, you know, if you're not ser- if you're serving only by the pound, which of course is traditional, but uh, some people just can't get used to that. So it's interesting to see that here in Chicago.
0: Yeah. And next up, we had Truth Barbecue. We've, uh, you know, our neighbors at the festival um, cooking prime brisket, beef cheek tacos, and the bane of our existence <laughs> the yeah, the corn.
1: yeah i when uh, it came time for the the pitmasters to get on stage i got i got yanked over there because they were short-handed, and so i i got to take my turn at actually assembling the corn <laughs> <laughs> and i i truly am thankful for all of the volunteers that they brought out uh to the festival to help do that in our booth and, and everybody's booth as well because Absolutely. that was that was a grind because all i heard was corn 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 <laughs> corn and we could not keep up uh, assembling that stuff so um but but great food out of truth uh, the brisket was just phenomenal um i even snagged some of the some of the beef cheek tacos as well
0: yeah i mean truth is truth they're great we all know it um, and you now they they had a pretty pretty good crew out there too leonard and leonard's dad were out there joe yim and uh leonard's brother were out there well and Bert bachman came for the first couple of days of the festival to help out leonard too um, so we had a little uh little Trudy's slash slab representation out there as well, uh, so that was cool to see. Um, and then, last but not least, we had Ubon's Barbecue from Yazoo, Mississippi. Um, they, they're a fun crew. They've got a pretty pretty big crew of people that, that travel with them to these events, and they, they have a good time, and we had a good time with them too. But yeah, uh, just an amazing list of, of barbecue joints at this festival, and again, we, we've been to a lot of barbecue festivals at this point, but never one that lasted for three days. No,
1: that, that's the, the biggest difference. I mean, we, we went to Charleston Food and Wine, but we obviously didn't help anybody cook. Um, and each, they had different events that required different prep. This was the same foods essentially for all three days. And, and that was so interesting coming in, and you know, you're cooking and you're prepping for the next day, which, which we've done before, but not day over day over day
0: and and just in the quantities that we had to do it, in. Oh, it was, i mean yeah it thousands was, of ears of corn yeah it, yeah <laughs> we we served well over a thousand ears of corn this weekend i mean it was it was a ton of fun it cases was,
1: uh, and cases of of pork butts <laughs> and cases of uh, that we then had to cut into steaks so i mean the, the process you know it's, it's a multi-tiered process you've got to You've got to trim the meat into steaks. Then you've got to cook the steaks. Then you've got to slice the steaks because we were doing we were doing tacos out of that. So then you had to slice the steaks and then marinate them in the gochujang sauce. So um, many many steps to get to the final product. It wasn't just put stuff on a pit, drag it off, and hand it to people. And you had to plan for you know the overnight and the morning cooks to make sure that you've got everything ready to go when the gates open. The gates opened. Um, at noon, I think they went from noon to nine on Saturday and Sunday. So um, it's a, that's another thing. Most festivals are over in just a few hours. So uh, you're doing multiple batches of cooks and you're cooking while you're serving and trying to keep up and trying to make sure that all of your meat is fresh and everything is, is, is well done. So it was, it was definitely a a huge learning experience. Who knows how many racks of ribs we did.
0: Oh gosh. I don't, I have no idea at this point. I mean, it was, it was such a great learning experience for us. I mean, we've, We've helped out at a couple of smaller events before, um, but nothing at this scale. And so it, it was great to be able to to see the the whole process from beginning to end. And again, cannot thank Patrick and Aaron enough for for the yeah, opportunity. It was great. We had a pretty strong crew out there and we wanted to make sure we mentioned and thank all of them. Uh, Patrick got all these fine folks together. We uh, we got to cook and learn with Mr. John Brotherton of brotherton's black iron barbecue and liberty barbecue and he'll probably have a corn shop here pretty soon <laughs> yes
1: he will do yep <laughs> you'll see it on the menu
0: that's right um joey victorian was out there with us um we also had uh josh Claren from Claren family barbecue in minnesota josh came out and was a huge help too
1: he actually took uh, he was it was having a vacation and kind of popped in to help and then had to yeah. go back to his vacation
0: yeah no that was that was amazing a no, big shout out to josh for that. And again, the the volunteers that we got were were just rock stars. I mean, we 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 were able to spend most of our time back by the pits cooking and prepping, which is really what we needed to be doing because they were doing such a good job up there of taking the orders, getting the orders in and out, you know, quickly, you know. And, and Aaron was really kind of you know. I think she was kind of commanding that the first couple of days and helping them along but once they got their rhythm in they just started banging out food. Yeah
1: they were not getting it out and, and I apologize that I don't remember everybody's name but Diego was was there every yes. day Yes um, put in a, a lot of hours and you know made all of those corn <laughs> Yep all of those orders of elote um but it was it was it was great um you know Patrick and Aaron were there from pretty much open to close every day Yeah and and the weather was better than houston but it was hot this isn't a parking lot so yeah. you're you're standing on hard asphalt um the heat's radiating off the asphalt you're working on pits we had a pit and a grill uh, so that was those were both emanating heat as you're trying to move stuff around um and and they were just tireless i mean i patrick would go wash dishes after Standing for hours and hours and Patrick's hours. Patrick's work,
0: right. e- work ethic yeah. is just amazing to watch. I mean, we we already knew it, but just actually physically seeing it for three days, uh, there's there's a reason why he's got a very successful barbecue restaurant right now. It's because he's worked his butt off, and and no one's going to outwork him.
1: Yeah, we tried, but we couldn't. <laughs> no. I've got I've got <laughs> blisters on the bottom of both of my feet today. Um, walking is very painful, but um, Patrick loaded up the truck this morning without our help. Um, did it without contacting us and uh, loaded up his truck and is headed back. So um, yeah, I'm just really impressed uh, across everybody, though, the barbecue community as a whole. Uh, but seeing people that come around and, and help out and how much they how much effort they put in to help um, is always impressive. Let's, let's kind of talk about kind of what, it, what was the most interesting thing about the festival and then kind of what did you learn um, from cooking at the festival to me. Uh, and I'll start with the most interesting thing to me was the health department so I I mean it's amazing they visited us no less than six times I think seven times during the event and you know came and temp stuff Um, and they did everybody they didn't just pick on us right Um, but it was interesting to see how often they came and they would come in the in the morning and in the or in the afternoon and in the evening depending on how long they hit they were basically there non-stop uh, with all those places and so keeping your food you know, at a safe temperature, which is critical and important, but it was interesting to me to see all of the effort that it takes to do that, where again, if you're just doing a two or three hour event, your, your food is going to be okay. Um, but this was, this was, you know, food had to be labeled and dated and, um, temped and, you know, you've got your, you can't leave stuff laying out. Um, and you're trying to do this while you're feeding, you know, I think i I know one day was twenty five thousand i th- I think Aaron said maybe forty thousand people over yeah, the three I days mean, the, the The amount of you know.
0: people that we fed and that the whole festival fed in those three days is just amazing and yeah it's a it's a lot of arms and legs to make sure like you said you're doing everything health compliant, you're feeding people fast, you've got your food ready i mean there's just so much that goes into it and it's just it's a really impressive operation to see when it's done well um I would say the most interesting thing that I learned. Is the differences as we've gone to more and more of these festivals, um, we we just noticed different things that we like, dislike, would do differently. Oh, if I ever did a festival, I'd like to do this, and just seeing what some of the things that were done for this festival, was interesting. I hadn't seen before. I mean, there were station. I mean, they provided a lot of equipment for these places. I mean, some people had fryers, ovens. We all had multiple coolers, multiple warmers, and they've got on site trucks for cold storage which was and I mean I don't know how you'd have to do to you couldn't pull this off without that you absolutely could not you know because we would you know we would start to cut and prep things for the next shift of cooking but it wasn't ready to go in the pit so as soon as we cut it we have to go back to the truck and put it back in the truck to make sure it's staying at the proper temperatures and just all the logistics that goes into this the signage at this event was yeah and
1: and I know that sounds silly but it was one of the first things we noticed um the signs were the entire length of the booth and they were actually three-dimensional they they had the logos that came up above the sign not really three-dimensional still two but not just a rectangle so it was it added that that area and then the um it, i thought it was really interesting the three houston ones that were located together had the had the flat or two houston and austin one had the had the texas flag on it and i I think it was intentional. Louis Miller had the American flag just like they have right out in front mm-hmm. of the restaurant. So um, there's a lot of little details like that 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 we caught that were very impressive because an event this massive, you know, there was 21 bands, um, you know, thousands and thousands of people, and an event this massive, they're still taking the time to to do those little details. It was it was just amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, and for everything from the how you ordered the food, it was a completely cashless festival. So you could either pay by credit card at the at each individual booth when you'd order your food, or you could do a prepaid wristband where you load up a certain amount of money, whatever it is, the you know, increments that you want, onto your wristband and they just scan your wristband and deduct that amount of whatever you ordered from directly from your wristband. So I was just seeing the differences across the different festivals that we've attended. And, and we've attended festivals in a lot of different ways. We've helped put on a festival before, we've been just regular attendees at a festival before, we've helped out different barbecue joints, we've gone as media, and so it's just to, to see it from a different set of eyes, it's, it's always interesting for us, and we learned a ton, and uh, as Brian mentioned, over 20 different country artists here, and that's really the backbone of this festival. It's a music festival that has barbecue, um, and I mean, obviously the, the barbecue is what Brian and I are there for. But the vast majority of people that are attending this festival are attending because they they like the the artists that are at this event, and the food is there because they're there all day and they need to eat food. Um, but but of course, country music and barbecue pair well together.
1: Absolutely, and and you know it would have been uh, interesting to see Chase Colston out there. Um, you know he puts on a, a fabulous festival in Texas, the Red Dirt Festival, uh, which is which is essentially a, a more compartmentalized version of this, I think. Um, where it's it's music and barbecue together right and it was a lot of fun i mean but yeah seeing this i mean we got out we only got to really walk around when it was busy one time and uh, and that was only for about five minutes Um, actually you had to stay (laughs) so (laughs) i got to walk around (laughs) because i had to go get our shirt Um, but you know you see the crowd and it's just everybody's just having a good time and it's great it's amazing um, to see these kind of events and how big they are again I, i can't i can't talk about how
0: it was right just well crazy. Yeah. for a lot of our listeners have you been to red dirt if the answer to that is yes think of red dirt if it was five times its size and three days long <laughs> and three days <laughs> yeah <long>. five <laughs> times in three days
1: um and that's saying that not saying anything against red dirt because Course it's, not. it's no, our favorite it's, festival but, but but yeah that's just how big this thing is and um it was it was great and it was great seeing all these people um you know it's it's, it's funny because you know you, you see people like amy mills and we're down in the restaurant bar. She's like, I remember you guys from somewhere. Like, yeah, we were just, you know, we we just saw you in Charleston a few months (laughs) ago.
0: And yeah, we're, I mean, we're starting to see all these people in all these different states now. And it's just, it's funny. We, I mean, we've, we developed some really, really cool relationships with a lot of the, a lot of the people in the barbecue world. And it's been a thrill for us to, to start to, you know, to start to develop those relationships because we love doing our show. We, you know, we love bringing you these stories, but at the same time, we, we got into this, we started the show because we love barbecue, and we really had an interest in the people that were doing it and doing it for the right reasons, and we've gotten to meet even more of them because of this goofy little show that we do, um, and it's taken us all over the country at this point. It's been so much fun. Um, again, we, we've, we've now seen Sam in multiple different states and gotten to spend time with Sam and listen to Sam sing, and all, all, you know everything that you see on Instagram, that's, that's Sam. There's no... Two sides to Sam. Sam is who he is. Um, he's a great guy. And, of course, any time that we get to spend around Patrick and Aaron and around Leonard and his crew is always a good time. Um, Evan and Bradley, we, we always have fun with those guys. And you know they, And they just happen to make some of the best barbecue we've ever eaten in our lives.
1: And, and I wish Wayne's booth was on our side, but he was on the other side. Yeah. So we, did, we, we got to talk to him a few times, but um, it, it is so much, uh, so much going on and there's so much work to be done. Um, and and that's the again that's the other reason why we we like doing this is that we want to learn more about barbecue learn more about cooking barbecue so let's get to the the other question which is kind of what did you learn take one one takeaway that you had from this for me um, Patrick gave me some some knife holding tips Um, so to help uh, as we were you know breaking down cases and cases of butts um, and slicing the ribs he showed me a little different way to hold the knife so I'm gonna keep working on that I think that'll help me
0: that tireless work ethic shown by Patrick and and by every almost everybody that we saw at the festival is just the fact that these guys and these girls and no matter how tired they were, you know, at the end of the day we we're all sweaty and gross and our feet hurt and this and that and all the other things that everyone complains about and it's valid. It's just getting the work done because it has to be done. If that means helping someone out, I mean, we saw so many instances where people were helping either other booths out if they needed help you know, or, or helping out someone else at their own booth, just, just getting done what needs to be done and the work ethic that goes into barbecue. I mean, it's something, I feel weird saying it's something I learned because it's not something we didn't know going into it, but just seeing it on display on such a great scale. Yeah. I
1: mean, you know, again, the things like, like the, you know, washing the dishes, you know, the, the non glamorous things that have to be done in order to keep things moving. And all of that just, it has to be done constantly over three days.
0: Yeah. And it was it was great. It was such a learning experience. Um, can't thank again Patrick and Aaron. Can't thank Windy City enough for putting this on. It was just such an incredible experience. If you get a chance to go out to this uh, to this event, do it. It's it's worth it. Especially if you're someone that's in the barbecue world. If you if you're owning a barbecue restaurant or you want to own a barbecue restaurant, you know, reach out to. You. If you have a relationship with someone that's cooking at this, they may need your help. And so if you're willing to offer it, a lot of times the, these people could could use all the help they can get. Kind of what how Patrick broke down the schedule for everybody, just to give everyone a little insight on it, is we'd have a, a morning to afternoon crew and then an afternoon to evening crew. And so we needed at least four people for, for each shift, not counting the volunteers, but just four people for cooking, trimming, seasoning, preparing food. Do the work, and so if if you're in the barbecue world and you have a you know a passion for this, you know get out there and start helping. And Patrick was really great about telling us, "Oh, you guys take a break. You guys go walk around and go enjoy the festival." And and when we did, while he was still working, while he was still working, of (laughs) course, yeah. Yeah. Um, But you know we tried to minimize our time away as much as we could, especially during the crunch times where where orders were coming in left and right. But yeah, if you're going to commit to it, commit to it and and do it right
1: all right so uh what do we have coming up next for the show
0: um we are transitioning into a corn podcast
1: it's it's corn 24 ways
0: tales from the field it's going to be uh us shucking um what is coming up on the show
1: well we got we're going to eat some more barbecue i know that um we've got some interviews lined up that we we won't uh we won't release the names just yet um and we may be hitting up some other festivals too
0: yeah we, we do have some fun things coming up um couple of couple of little road trips coming up in the next uh, month or so. And then, you know, as Brian alluded to, we were planning on being involved in another festival uh, come around the, around the fall time. Hopefully it's a little cooler by then, but who knows. But yeah, we're, uh, we're trying to bring some more unique things to you. Um, we're, of course, still gonna interview people in the barbecue world, like pitmasters, cooks, that interest us and hopefully interest you. But we're, uh, we're branching out to some different avenues, too. Um, to kind of bring you some different unique perspectives of uh, other things around the barbecue world.
1: We're gonna start selling Airbon and uh, <laughs> Candles, yes, know, maybe that is candles. I don't know, but we're gonna get into some multi-level marketing uh, <laughs> You know,
0: <laughs> and if you tell a friend and if they tell yeah. two friends, <laughs>
1: I need you to be on my downline
0: <laughs> Now we, we've got some fun things playing coming up. Um, it's been it's been a nice little we took a little break from recording episodes for a while which was nice we were on the road for a long time and we were able to get off the road for for a good spell so that was fun. and I
1: think during the heat of the summer that's the way to do it absolutely so we'll, we'll play we'll do this again next year that way um, where we just kind of we, we recorded a lot of episodes and then we're able to spread them out over the summer um, that was enjoyable for us but we're gonna get back on the roads here as the weather starts to cool off hopefully um, eventually <laughs> you know. <laughs> We'll see. And, uh, you know, again, getting all around Texas, all around the U.S., uh, potentially all around the world. I don't have any out-of-the-country plans right now. Um, I know my wife does, (laughs) so (laughs) I'm going to have to get that one set up. Uh, But, uh, yeah, barbecue, barbecue, barbecue. Uh, We'll keep cooking. We'll keep uh, working on our sausage. We'll keep doing some other stuff. Maybe we get into a pop-up before the end of the year. That would be fun. Yeah, we're uh, we're kicking
0: around a lot of things. We've got... We're kicking around the idea of another massive trip next year. Um, still trying to work out the logistics of that, and uh, but yeah, we we got a lot of things in the works. We we're constantly coming up with different ideas, each one of them more ridiculous than the other. But uh, but it keeps us busy. I'm keep- not
1: sure what how we can top it next year. I mean, this year we had Charleston Food and Wine, Windy City Smokeout. We threw a barbecue festival. Uh, it's um, been a pretty. <laughs> I don't know what else is left, but we'll keep trying
0: pretty amazing first six and a half months of the year. Um, But we're, uh, we're going to keep working and we, uh, we hope you guys keep listening. If you've got any ideas of anything you'd like to hear on the show, please reach out to us. Let us know. Oh, this person would be great. I'd love to hear this person's story or um, you can hit us up on all of our social media tales from the pits on Instagram at BBQ podcast on Twitter, tales from the pits at gmail.com. You can email us. We, we, we respond pretty quickly, and if, uh, if you've got any questions about road trips, first things first, please listen to our first two road trip episodes that we've posted. Uh, they may answer your questions. Um, if they don't, then please DM us, and we'll help you any way you can.
1: Well, that's about it. That's all i got this week. I'm uh, still tired and sore, but uh, it's all good, and uh, we'll get back to Houston and eat some more barbecue.
0: There you go. Thank you,
1: folks.